Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Hello, friends. We are so excited to have you joining us for our conversation today. Dr. Virginia, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? We are all doing well. We're hanging in there. Amen. We are so excited that you have joined us today for our conversation because this conversation today is something that is very near and dear to our hearts, obviously. As children's ministers, our heart is to help children begin their relationship with Jesus. And so we wanted to spend just a little bit of time today talking about how we over the years have shared the gospel with children. We just wanted to discuss some of the best practices for how to share the gospel with children, because it's very different than sharing the gospel to adults. You have to think through things a little differently when you are sharing the gospel with children. And so, Dr. Virginia, what have you found to be like some of your biggest concerns as you have prepared your ministry for sharing the gospel with children? I think everyone's concern is always um, wanting to make sure that kids genuinely understand, are genuinely ready. Um, And so we'll definitely get into a lot of the nuts and bolts of how we share the gospel, how we gauge understanding in kids, the things that Valerie and I do as we counsel with kids. Um, And so just lots of ideas and suggestions for you to think about um, to, to do this in a very well thought out Um, very intentional way with children. You want to be sure that you think through the age of the children that you're working with. And that's what makes this a little more unique when you're working with children than when you're talking to an adult, because you have different levels of cognitive understanding. You have different levels of how well they can process certain information and how well they can understand certain things. And so we want to be sure that we're thinking about the age of the child when we're speaking, that we are thinking through all of these very important things, because we tell the kids all the time, deciding to follow Christ, deciding to make him the Lord of your life is the most important decision you're going to make in your whole entire life. And sometimes as a church, we get caught up just in the urgency of things and how things are moving and how things are going. And we haven't really spent a lot of time thinking through it because we get so excited about it. We don't (laughs) always think through that. We do need to have a plan and a system and a way to do this. And so hopefully with just a few of the things that we're going to talk about today, it might help you think through how you can share the gospel more effectively with children, but also find the best practices to do that. And so Virginia, what would you like to start with today? Um, How about we start with just sort of our general practices um, of our general guidelines of things that we do whenever we are sharing the gospel with kids and talking with kids. Um, So probably my biggest number one suggestion is whenever a kid expresses an interest in accepting Christ through 
whatever means, a card, uh, they come up to you and say something, whatever it is, always counseling with them one-on-one. Parents can certainly be present. We obviously don't want to do that behind closed doors with no one else visible, but taking them aside um, to where you can still have a one-on-one conversation with that child um, and talking with them directly. Because if you think about it, that's that's what we do with an adult. Like if we want to talk to an adult who we think is maybe ready to accept Christ. Um, you have, you talk to them, you have a conversation with them. Um, so yeah, I I agree. I think one of the things that I've seen in churches over the years that is most concerning to me when it comes to children and understanding the gospel is that we tend to do this in a group setting, which I totally understand in the sense of you have your children's worship service. You're going to go through the steps of how to accept Christ. You're going to talk to them about that during your service. And then usually there's that point of where you want to have kids come down front or you ask them to raise their hand if they're interested in knowing more about accepting Christ. But the thing that we have to remember is that children are very much influenced by their surroundings and they're very much influenced by their friends. Mm -hmm. And And have a desire to please adults. They want to do. do what they think is what we want them to do. Right. But yeah. They, so, so if they see a bunch of their friends raising their hands or coming down front, you are typically going to have some children that are only coming down or only raising their hands because their friends have. And for children, especially small children, doing a group prayer to accept Christ is, is really not going to be effective because they're not going to necessarily completely understand what they are doing. And we want to make sure that they understand, not for any other reason other than we want them to feel certain about the decision that they have made. And we want them to understand the steps that that are taken. And so we it can be very confusing for a child to try to understand to do something in this group setting where you're being very general. And so one of the things that you want to make sure to do is to have the opportunity to have those one-on-one conversations. And like you said, when we say one-on-one, we don't mean alone by yourself with no one else present, but we do mean no other children with them when you have this conversation. And one of the things that I have always wanted to make sure that I do is to include the parents in this conversation. And the reason why is because I know that if my daughter had wanted to pray to accept Christ, I would have been heartbroken if I hadn't been there with her in that moment, because it is such a huge moment. And I've always felt like I've wanted to make sure that the parents were aware Mm -hmm. of the conversation, because you do have a lot of different, you know, histories with families and different faiths within a family unit. And I never wanted a family to think that we were trying to push something on their child or, Mm -hmm. you know, try to try to have them understand something differently than what they had been teaching at home. And so I always wanted to make sure. So I would have that conversation with the child. And if I felt like that they were at that point where they were ready to make a decision, that was when I would try to include the parents. I would give them a phone call or I would see them after service when they came Mm -hmm. to pick up the child. And we would make that appointment for the child and the parents to come back to the church or or we would say after service or, you know, whenever, Mm -hmm. however the child wanted to do that and the parents wanted to do that so that they could be included. And I will say a lot of times the parents did want me to speak to the child. They were uncomfortable speaking to the child themselves. And I was totally supportive of that and would help them. But if they also said, well, we'll have this conversation at home, 
I would always be very good with them to be able to do that. And I would always tell the child, if you have more questions, if there's anything else you want to talk with me about next week, you know, feel free to do that. But I would let the parents take that because ultimately when we look at scripture, Mm -hmm. parents are the ones that are responsible for the spiritual development of their children. The the Bible is very specific about that. And so even though we are there to support the parents Mm -hmm. and to, to encourage the children and to teach and to, to be that support and help, we are not the primary person that's responsible for the spiritual development of the children. It's their parents. And so I always wanted to give them that opportunity. Absolutely. Parents are the primary disciples of their children. Mm -hmm. And so there will be parents and we've all, I think, encountered this parents who sort of like bring their kids to church and they're like, here, this is yes. your job, but it's not, <laughs> right. it's not, right. it's right. parents' job. It's our job to equip, just like we said, equip and come alongside parents, mm-hmm. prepare them as best we can with, mm-hmm. re- with the resources we have to have those conversations with their kids, support them. Um, like you said, if they don't feel comfortable, we can step in, but you're right. right. I mean, it's, it's the parents are those mm-hmm. primary disciplers and, and we need to be, um, just sensitive to that. Absolutely. Right. And one of the things that I've always been very sensitive to is I've always talked with my pastor about how he would prefer the process to go Mm. because ultimately the pastor is our spiritual leader in our church. And so I would always work with the pastor to lay out a plan. You know, these are the steps that I've you know, Mm -hmm. would like to do when this happens in our church Mm -hmm. and, and make sure that I am partnering with him because I have had some pastors over the years that have said, I would prefer to be the one to have that conversation with the parents and the kids. Mm -hmm. And so they've always included me in that conversation. And then I've had some that have said, Oh no, that's, you know, you, you take care of that and just let me know if you need anything. That's what you're here for. (laughs) So you know, I have different things over the years that have occurred in that, in those situations. And so it's always just nice to make sure that you're partnering with your staff, with your leadership to make sure that, that you have a plan so that, you know, going forward, how, you know, how you're going to, to approach the situation. And so that's always a good thing. Yeah. Well, and one thing too, um, so kind of what ticked off the thought of doing this episode was weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago, Vacation Bible School. Yes. Like, oh, we really need to like do an episode on sharing the gospel because one of the things um, I, I love the way that we structure and do it at Vacation Bible School. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at our VBS, we do it different staff people sort of take our assigned a grade. Right. And so you meet with each group in that grade share the gospel with this small group of kids. Um, We hand out decision cards Mm -hmm. um, that have different options that are either like, yes, I'm interested in accepting Christ today, or no, I've already done that, or I don't understand and I have questions, or I don't understand and I don't have questions. (laughs) So it's worded better than that. Um, But we take those cards up and we use those as our jumping off point for meeting with every single kid at VBS Mm -hmm who indicates they either have questions or they're interested in accepting Christ. Now, and what age so, group do you start those with? So we actually, we start um, with a first grade, first and second okay. grade. Um, and so with first and second grade, you're right. We defer a lot more to parents and we make right. a lot. I mean, we call parents for every child anyway, right. Right. but we defer a lot more to parents. Um, but especially with those third, fourth and fifth graders, mm-hmm. um, you know, meeting with them, 
um, asking a lot of questions to gauge understanding, which we'll get into. Um, but we do. We each staff person is responsible for meeting with the kids in their grade, right. and um, and we do. I mean, we meet with 60, 70, however many <laughs> kids one on one throughout those last couple days of VBS. Yes. Um, and so and so that's the key. Um, is meeting one-on-one, having those one-on-one conversations. So by the time we get to VBS Sunday and, you know, we're baptizing a dozen kids or whatever, those kids have been counseled one-on-one, conversations have been had with those parents. Those parents are actually the ones that schedule baptism. And we don't tell them like, hey, bring your kid in. We're like, this is available. Would you like to do this? Because um, they want to be able to invite family and yeah, friends. Yeah, of course. And of so course. they don't always necessarily want that immediate baptism where it would right. be this Sunday. They, they right. would like to have that time to be able to coordinate it for family to be there. Right, right, exactly. And so, so you know, it's possible with a lot of organization <laughs> to go through that whole process really fairly quickly for a lot of kids. Um, But you do, it just takes organization and planning and intentionality ahead of time. Um, But it works really well. It does. And over the years, I've done different ages. A lot of times we would do, when we would do the large group gospel presentation for VBS, we use, we, I, over the years I moved it, you know, we used to do that on the very last day. Mm. Because a lot of times the the curriculum would set it up that way where the Mm -hmm. material would be provided for Friday. Mm -hmm. But now I really wanted those extra days because I felt like it was too rushed. And so we started doing either Tuesday or Wednesday where we presented the gospel for the first Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And we did it with grades three and fourth, third, fourth and fifth Mm -hmm. in the large group setting. Mm -hmm. And then for first and second grade, we had the teachers present it in their Bible study class time Mm -hmm, so that mm -hmm. it was a little smaller setting Mm -hmm. and they weren't quite as influenced by others around Mm -hmm. them as they would be normally. But then we did the same. We had people who Mm -hmm. took them aside um, individually in, in, in necessarily, we would, would do it in a larger room. So that way, you know, you, again, alone, you're not isolated, but we had the chairs set so that it was one adult with one child Mm -hmm. in the large room Mm -hmm. with the kids talking to them individually. Mm -hmm. And then if we felt like they were ready, then we'd have that conversation with the parents and we would schedule all of those kind of things from that point. And so that's kind of the way we would, would, would work it in, in the VBS setting. I visited a church one time and I think it's one of the times that I realized that we, we get so excited about the topic that sometimes we're not really thinking through what we're doing. I was visiting a church that asked me to come to see their VBS to sort of give them some suggestions on different things. And they had a very specific time. They had worked into their schedule presenting the gospel every day mm-hmm. to the kids in the rotation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they would have Bible study, mm-hmm. but they would also have the gospel plan. So they mm-hmm. attended, that was one of the rotations that they attended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I sat in on that gospel <laughs> plan rotation and the woman that was teaching was very sweet. And she did go through the gospel plan very specifically and did that very well. But at the end, they would have a, whenever they had families that were thinking about um, ha- being baptized for their children to be baptized, they had a party that they did. And so one of the things that she said 
as she was ending is how many of you would like to go to a party? If you decide to accept Christ today, then you can go to a party with balloons and cake and all sorts of fun games. Would anybody like to do that today? And of course, every kid in the room raised their hands. And then she was so excited. She was like, great. And she sent them out to be, you know, to, to be talked with. And because it was so many, they were meeting with them, you know, one on three or four. And so again, it was sort of that sense of, almost like offering a reward for accepting Christ. If you do this today, then you get to go to the special party. And I know she was being very enthusiastic about wanting to have kids accept Christ and wanting them to hear the message. But what happens then is that really pressures children to make a decision when they're not fully understanding what kind of decision that they're making. And we want to make sure that they're understanding the decision and that they're coming to that on their own. And so when we do tend to use these kinds of settings to make numbers look a little bit stronger maybe, or to just, because you're so excited to have more numbers, it it's really concerning to me. So, because then you have a lot of kids that as they get older, begin to question, right. Why did I make that decision? What decision did I really make? And it can cause a lot of confusion, you know, down the road. And so we want to make sure that we're very mindful of the group setting of how we take the steps of explaining to children what it means to accept Christ as their savior. And so one of the things that I think is really important for you to do as a children's minister, when you're thinking through leading a child to Christ is that you are prepared yourself Mm -hmm. because it is very different sharing the gospel plan with children. We've mentioned this already before and children really need language and wording that's easy to understand And because we have been in the church for so long and we have have done all of the in-depth study on salvation and the gospel plan and what Jesus did for us, we tend to use church words when we are explaining it. And we tend to talk about the propitiation of sin and we tend to talk about, you know, all of these like big terms that children just don't necessarily understand at a young age. And we also tend to use church speak like, would you like to ask Jesus into your heart or, you know, those kinds of things. And we have to remember that children are very literal. They are very concrete in their thinking. And so when you say things like ask Jesus into your heart, they are actually picturing Jesus being placed into physically their heart. (laughs) And sometimes that can be scary for a child because they don't understand what that means. Yeah. yeah. And so when we're talking about making Jesus the Lord of your life, making him the, you know, the most important, important person in your life, those types of things, we have to use language that they're going to understand. So we want to be sure that we're prepared to be able to share. And one of the things that I did, especially early in my ministry was I had a Bible, a children's Bible that I used when I would talk with a child and their parents, when I would talk to, you know, a family and I had it marked with the verses that I wanted to share. I had little notes in there for things that I wanted to be able to say so that I had it all laid out in front of me. And one of the greatest things that I think Lifeway ever put together was this little, they put together a whole little set that you could purchase. And it's been a while since I've needed to get them. So I I know this is probably an older version of it, but it's leading a child to Christ. And basically what it had in it was a little video of someone talking 
through the gospel plan with a child. So you could see someone do that. Mm -hmm. And then it also had the little booklet that gives you like step-by-steps, the ABCs, the things that we have used over the years that to make the conversation a little bit um, easier for the children to understand, but it also kind of gives you a guideline to help you. So this is like one of the things that I would give out to all of my teachers when the new year would start so that they would be able to read through and understand how to share the gospel. But it also gave them the sort of just a little thing they could keep in their Bibles so that if they Mm -hmm. forgot the verses or they forgot the wording or something like that, they would have Mm -hmm. this to do that. And I'm sure that denominations all across the country have these kinds of materials available for leaders. Um, But this was one of my favorite ones that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and kind of along those lines of churchy words. I mean, there are certain churchy wor- churchy words that we mm-hmm. use whenever we're sharing the gospel that we right. just need to define. Right. Um, so, like, like for example, repentance. I always try to define repentance anytime I give a gospel presentation to kids. Right. It's like you're going one way and you do an about face and go the other way. Right. Um, and then and and like talk about Jesus being our Lord and our Savior. Like, what does that mean that he's our Lord? Mm-hmm. He's our boss. We're going to follow him. We're going to obey him. And so, so I think part of it too is, is some of those words um, have their place, but being right. very intentional to explain and define them right. well for kids. Um, because you're right, because repentance, Lordship of Christ, like those things right. aren't going to automatically communicate. And it's part of our job to to explain them and to explain them well and be prepared right. to explain them well. Right. So. Well, and we have to realize too, a lot of a lot of people over the years have tried to come up with little acronyms and little things to help us remember, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, the ABCs. But even that sometimes can be confusing. Mm-hmm. So we can't just completely rely on any kind of a stock method for it. We have, we want to have a plan and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, the steps that you use, the things you want to cover, but you also want to make sure that you are tracking along with how the child is understanding Mm -hmm. so that you are explaining it to them in a way that they really get it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times children will look at things in a, in a different way and they'll Mm -hmm. hear something a little differently. So you want to make sure that they are able to understand and they are are tracking along with you as you're talking with them. Right. Well, and that's kind of a good segue into the questions we ask. How do we make sure the kids are tracking along with us? How do we gauge their understanding? Um, and so that's one of the things whenever a child expresses an interest in accepting Christ um, and we, you know, kind of move into that counseling time. Um, that time is mostly me asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it will be re-explaining and reiterating the gospel. But a lot of that is me asking questions and letting kids talk. It's not really right. kids sitting there listening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the very first thing that I want to make sure kids understand is sin. Um, Mm -hmm. Sin is one of those words that I always define for kids. It is disobeying God. And so I want to make sure that they can demonstrate to me that they understand what sin is, because if we don't know what we're getting saved from, we don't need why we need to be saved or, or, you know, that's the very like sort of bottom rung of the ladder um, of of understanding. And so, you know, if a kid can explain to me, well, sin is the bad stuff we do. Sin is the stuff that God doesn't want me to do. Um, Sometimes they will say sin is disobeying God. But if they demonstrate this understanding of what sin is, what we need to be saved from, then it's like, okay, let's keep going. (laughs) Let's keep going. Right. Right. Um, 
Well, so, and that's why, you know, like when you, when you go through and you do the, the first thing is you talk about who God is and how yeah. God created us and how yeah. God created the world and how, you know, and then, and then moving into, but you know what, you know, we, we sin, we we're human beings and we all do it. And I love to make sure that I explain, yes, you know, I, I sin, mm-hmm. you know, Pastor Bill sins, you know, uh, you know just, I, I try to think of the, yeah. you know, your parents sin, you know, like I try to make sure that they yeah. understand that we're not just saying they are bad, right? that we're saying everyone, we all we do all it. sin. So, yes. you know, God is in charge, God rules and we sin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I even um, go so far as to ask kids, I say, you don't have to tell me every bad thing you've ever done, but mm-hmm. what's an example of one time when you've sinned, when have you disobeyed God? And especially those kids who can, you know, kind of be like, oh, well, I yelled at my sister. My mom told me not to do this and I did it anyway. Um, Especially those kids that can identify something that they've done that disobeys God. Um, You know, again, that's further demonstration of that understanding of what they need to be saved from. Mm -hmm. One that I read recently that I thought was an interesting idea was also asking kids, well, have you ever... um, been like not necessarily sinned against because we sinned against God, but like, have you ever been like sinned against? So, you know, like, have you ever been wronged? Um, and so I thought that was an interesting question. I've never asked kids that one, but I'm sure kids can answer that. <laughs> they can answer that one pretty quickly. They can tell you, you know, um, oh, when something wasn't sure. fair, and, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right. Um, and then, and then moving into talking with kids about who Jesus is. Um, How is he different from everyone else? He's the son of God. He's perfect. Has Jesus ever sinned? No, he never sinned. Um, You know, why did he die? What did he die for if he never did anything wrong? And that's another point where it's like, if I get kind of puzzled looks at that point, I try to probe in some more because again, if we don't understand the purpose of Christ's death, Mm-hmm. that he took the punishment for our sins, then, um, you know, kids are, are probably on their way to understanding. But if you don't understand that you're a sinner and you don't understand the purpose and, and the importance of what happened on the cross, then mm-hmm. you're probably not ready to accept Christ. Right. Um, and then I asked him, you know, what happened three days later? He rose from the dead. And so just walking through the life, death and resurrection of Christ. Well, um, and I think that's such a great order to do that, because when you explain to them that God's in charge, that God rules, and then you explain to them that we sin, you want to make sure that they understand that even though they sin, even though they make mistakes, God loves them and God loved them so much that he sent Jesus to die in our place and I think that a lot of times I've had over the years, kids be very concerned with the idea of sinning makes me a bad person or worrying that they know that their parents sin or that maybe if their parents haven't accepted Christ, them having that worry about sin and how that affects everything. And so being able to move kind of from that straight into, but yeah, you know, we sin, but God loved God us so us. much that he provided. And so that I think is, is the, that helping them understand mm-hmm. that even though we have done this, God had a plan. Mm-hmm. And so, 
Yeah. And then, and discussing just kind of what I mentioned earlier, like discussing with kids repentance, making sure they understand, like, Mm -hmm. you know, turning away from our sin, turning towards God, that sort of about face idea. Um, Talking about, again, what it means is Jesus is our savior. We we can't save ourselves. We can't be perfect like Jesus was. Jesus is our Lord. He's our boss. We're going to follow him for the rest of our lives. And so I, I usually kind of, in my conversations with kids, sort of wrap it up with, you know, we get to start this relationship with God. It starts here on earth mm-hmm. and then it lasts forever and ever and ever, even after mm-hmm. we die on into eternity in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that's sort of typically how I um, walk through a counseling time with right. a child. And that's fine. And we don't expect the children to understand every single little tiny detail. And I, I don't want you to, to stress to the point of thinking, oh, how do I make sure that they absolutely understand? Because there's no way to absolutely understand. Because right. a lot of times by the time a child is making this decision, they do know a lot of the right answers because they have <laughs> been in Bible study for so yeah. long and they've been in church for so long. But honestly, the longer you do this, the more yeah. you sort of get the feel of knowing yeah when a child is ready and when they're really not ready and when they are just giving you answers because that's what they think you want to hear, right? but helping them really understand and to make that decision to explain that this doesn't mean you're going to be perfect from this moment on. This means that you are making Jesus the boss of your life and that he is your Lord and that you believe in who he is and what he did for you and that you believe that he died on the cross for you. And so it's, it's just having them be able to say those things back to you in a way where you feel like, okay, they really get this. They're not just doing this because their sister or brother did, or they're not just doing this because, because we really do want to help them understand. There's another really cool resource, but it's just a little booklet that they can take home with them that goes back over what you have said with them so that they have something to explain to their parents when they get home or their parents have something to read with them when they get home to go over everything. It just sort of helps just kind of solidify some of the information. So finding these kind of resources, again, I know budgets are really tight, but I I mentioned on an earlier episode about how Bibles are something that I always made sure were really high on my budget list, these kind of resources for my teachers, for the families, for the kids were also really high on my list of things that I budgeted for because they were just tangible, helpful things that I was able to hand to them so that they were walking away with the information in a way that they're going to understand specifically for leaders for specifically for kids. So, yeah. And I think the gospel God's plan for me, that is the plan that I use um, whenever I present the gospel Mm -hmm. to children. Um, I think it's basically in all of LifeWay's literature at this point. Um, I love it. I first heard the gospel God's plan for me, like, almost 15 years ago <laughs> at a center kid camp. Right. Um, and I was like, Ooh, that's good. And then it's kind of like, it's been implemented sort of all over the place. And I really like it. The gospel God's plan for me goes through, um, he rules, starts out with God, um, right. his authority. He's the creator. He's the one that made everything. He's the one that made the rules. Like you said, we send Adam and Eve send, we all send, Um, God provided, um, God provided the way for us to have a relationship with him. Jesus gives, Jesus gave his life for us. 
um, and we respond. And so it's very simple, but I do like that, um, that the gospel God's plan for me starts with God, starts with creation, starts with his authority as right. our creator. Right. Um, because sometimes the ABCs are good and the ABCs are, are kind of in, in that booklet as well. Right. But sometimes if you start with admit that you're a sinner it's like that can be a confusing place to start. But if right. you start with God is the authority, then you go to, okay, and I have ascend, I have disobeyed that authority um, can be, I, I like that logical sort of sequence. Right. Well, um, and we're taught, we say ABC. the ABCs, and a lot of people may not even know what the ABCs yeah, are. That's true. It's <laughs> a way that somebody kind of put together at some point to help children understand and, and using the ABCs. And so it's admit to God that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and confess him as your Lord and Savior. I, I mentioned earlier, some of these acronyms and things that we can do can be a little confusing because for me, when we started using that, you said 15 years ago, I don't even <laughs> want to say how long I've been doing this. Um, but when we started using that years ago, the thing that I was running across is that admit and confess have very similar definitions. Yeah. If you think about it, right, to admit right, something, to confess right, something. Right. And I know that you're supposed to admit that you're a sinner and then confess Jesus is Lord. Like, but talk still, about him as Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Those mm -hmm. words are so similar. So that was why I said, be really cautious because a lot of people have a lot of really cute little ways to do it. Um, and, but you want to make sure that you are explaining it in a way that the child that you're talking to is going to understand. And so some are just not ever going to be able to catch that because submit to them, admit and confess mean the same thing and they don't understand what that means. So like I said, that's why you want to like really look at how you're choosing to present and how you're having this conversation and be really comfortable with what you're wanting to say, but also know that, you know, it's going to change with every child probably in some ways, right, I mean, the gospel right. is the gospel, no matter what. But the way you talk with them about it is right. going to be different because each child is different. Right. And their the understanding is that they have. Right. Or the, right. the and, gaps and where in they their are spiritually yeah. are going to be different. And so mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you are, you know, comfortable with the material enough that you can have this conversation with the child and make it very conversational and not, like you said, be just preaching to them and then right. forcing them to say a certain thing with the <laughs> right. prayer. But, right. you know, having them understand it. So I think it's really important right. for us to do. Well, and, you know, one thing, you know, anytime I go into these conversations with children as well, I always pray beforehand just for the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom. Kind of like oh, what you're yeah. talking about before. Like you get you start to get a sense and you really start to, um, you know, God, God will just give you wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, in that moment. Because there's been times when it's like, man, like I know I, I know there's perhaps a strong desire from the parents for this child to make this decision. I know that this child is again, really interested in like doing what they feel like they're supposed to do. Yes. But you know, sometimes it's like, man, I just don't have a piece about this or I'm just unsure. And so, you know, even in the moment, just kind of in my heart and mind being like, okay, Lord, just give me wisdom on how to handle this child, how to have this conversation with these parents. And sometimes reaffirming with parents be like, hey, it is great that Jimmy is asking these questions. I love that you're having these conversations at home. He is growing in his understanding. Um, I, you know, I've got concerns that he, you know, he really can't explain sin. He really doesn't understand that he's a sinner or, you know, whatever it is. 
I don't know that he's quite ready at this moment, but here, I'm going to give you these resources. I'm going to give you that gospel God's plan for me. I'm going to give you um, another great one. I don't have a copy of it with me is what is a Christian? Yes. It's a book that you can give to kids who are on that journey, um, understanding, asking lots of questions. And it's a great resource for parents um, to help guide their children. Um, so if you have those resources that you can give them, um, be like, Hey, keep working. Um, you know, come, come back um, and see me in a few weeks, come back and see me whenever he, whenever you feel like he's got this down or that down, or he understands that. Um, And so having those additional resources to put in parents' hands, if kids aren't ready, that way parents can continue that conversation at home and they can kind of all come back um, in a few weeks or a few months or whenever, um, whenever little Jimmy maybe is more ready or does understand or has had a light bulb moment. So, well, and that's where you want to be really careful because I've had a lot of parents that will bring kids to me at at four or, or five and want them to be baptized. And, you know, it's having those conversations and saying, you know, we really want to make sure that they completely understand. We want to make sure they're at that spiritual level to be able to really make the decision. And I'm not going to say that there haven't been, there have been some small children that I've talked with that really do understand and really do get it. But you want to make sure that you're very cautious with that. And I always say, you know, just keep having the conversations. It's okay if they want to wait for a little while, you know, it's not, it's, it's okay. You just want to take your time to make sure because we don't want them coming back because we hear so much about, you know, children coming back later as teens going, you know, I really didn't understand what I was doing. And I just kind of did it because my parents wanted me to. And, you know, we don't, Mm -hmm. we really don't want that to happen. We want them to really understand and really, you know, really. Or they don't come back as teens. They just walk away and say, I tried Mm -hmm. that Christianity thing. Yeah, it didn't work. It's good, you know, and and so, like, well, did you though? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons why I, I yeah. tried to offer a new Christians class mm-hmm. every quarter. Mm-hmm. And basically what I would do is have the kids that were thinking about making a decision or who had made a decision mm-hmm. come during, I did it during worship service. Mm-hmm. So they would come, you know, during that worship service hour, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, Either way, whether I had, whether it was a church where I had children's worship, they would come out of children's worship to come to that class. Or if they went in with their parents for worship, they would come out to come for this class. And and I had a workbook. Again, it was a Lifeway material that, that I used for that, the new, uh, little new believers class. And we would just go through and basically it would just go through the gospel and baptism. And, ex- and, and it was a great opportunity just to have that extra time with them to make sure that they're understanding mm-hmm. where we could ask the big questions and that gave them a more comfortable setting than one-on-one to ask questions. But it was sort of a second step after we've right. had conversations with them right. to be right. able to talk more about what it means to be a Christian. And we would go through that and it wasn't a requirement that they go through it, but we still, I mean, I, most parents really appreciated the kids right. going through that. And right. a lot of times we would do that before we would do the baptism times. Like we would try to fit it before. And if we couldn't, if they were baptized first, that's fine too. But we, mm-hmm. we just really tried to offer that opportunity to give them right. another setting to just make sure. And that's right. when I really focused on spiritual growth, you know, mm-hmm. Bible mm-hmm. study, quiet times, mm-hmm. personal prayer, you know, the next steps, the discipleship mm-hmm. portion of the mm-hmm. their journey in their spiritual life, you know, to help them to kind of understand how they can personally. And so I always, 
had some sort of a gift for them, whether it was, and it was a lot of times it was according to the child too, but whether I gave them a Bible, if they hadn't already received one from the church, Mm -hmm. but I would get them a, a, a children's devotional book Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that was their gift kind of for that Mm -hmm. to make sure that they had a a Bible study plan, a devotional plan that they could use moving forward. And again, that's something that I made sure I put in my budget. I just always felt like if I could give those kind of resources, then toys or get, you know, I tried to make sure that that was more of what my budget was, was focused on so that they would have those resources to take the next step so that we could share. I wanted to celebrate baptism too. Like I always try to explain to parents, invite people, make it a big deal because we have, you know, we make big deals of graduations and, yeah, and parties birthdays. and birthdays and all yeah. of these things. And so sometimes I feel like we kind of just say, Oh, let's just get baptized on Sunday. Yeah. I got back. You know, we don't really make yeah. it like a big deal, but I really encourage families to have a party, have family, do something mm-hmm. big and make it like mm-hmm. a really special, big, memorable day so that mm-hmm. the kids can look back and yeah. say, Oh, I remember the day I got baptized. We had this big family gathering and we did these things. So sharing the gospel with children can be very intimidating. It can be very scary you want to make sure that you do things correctly. And I, we didn't want to put more pressure on you, but we did want you to take some time to think through what is your plan for your ministry? Because ultimately we want children to accept Christ as their savior. We want them to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure that we are prepared and ready at a moment's notice to have these conversations with parents, with the children, to be able to help them and to to guide them into the best ways that they can help their children understand the most important thing they're ever going to understand. And that's that Jesus died on the cross for them. And so... Well, Dr. Virginia, thank you for having this conversation with me today. And thank you, friends, for joining us. We really appreciate you so very much. And we are so excited that you are following along this journey with us as we figure out how to share more with you and and how to help you be able to serve your families. We would love it if you could let us know what you're thinking. If you have any ideas or suggestions for other conversations that we can have, we would love to hear from you. We would really appreciate it if you would hit that subscribe button that you hear about all the time, um, (laughs) that that you would follow us on YouTube. And as we continue with Pinterest and as we continue to grow and we find other ways to share with you, we're working on it and we appreciate your patience, but um, please take some time to do that. And we just hope that you have a wonderful week. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.